ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And thank you for subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. Check this out. (laughs) Oh, man. Let me, uh, before I even get started, let me apologize if my voice sounds a little altered. Uh, I just got it back. And when I say just got it back, like I literally just got my voice back like two or three hours ago. (laughs) Uh, I want you guys listening to indulge me on this one. Um, If you've been hiding under a rock or you just did not know, uh, a new national champion has been crowned for HBCU football. And if you're not familiar, get familiar. Uh, HBCU, historically black college and universities. Uh, the Super Bowl, if you will, just took place this past Saturday uh, between South Carolina State University and Jackson State University. Um, and in the game, it was called the Celebration Bowl. The Celebration Bowl was televised nationally on ABC at 12 p.m. And the Bulldogs from South Carolina State were victorious 31 to 10. Now, if you're not familiar with South Carolina State, I'll tell you a little bit about them in just a second. But in the event you did not know, I, 12 Kyle, am a proud alum of South Carolina State University. Not only did I attend South Carolina State University, but as many of you know, maybe you don't know, I actually played football while I was there. So if you've been following this podcast, you know that I rarely talk about current events. But on this one, I had to throw that idea out of the window because I got to talk my ish. <laughs> um, so let's back up. Uh, and, and this isn't a football podcast, but I'm going to break it down for if you missed the game, I'll, I'll, I'll just sit tight. Um, just to give you a little ba- I'll give you a little background. Uh, like I said, the game was played this past Saturday uh, here in the city of Atlanta, where I live, um, at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And uh, leading up to the game, um, like I said, it was uh, it is billed as the uh, Super Bowl, if you will, for black colleges. Uh, the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference, a.k.a. the MEAC, versus the Southwest Athletic Conference, a.k.a. the SWAC. Uh, So the championship teams from both conferences, whoever won the conference would meet up in Atlanta in the celebration bowl, the sixth annual celebration bowl um, to compete and vie for the title of black college national champion. Now coming into this game, uh, a lot was made of the team that won the Southwestern Athletic Conference, the SWAC, uh, the team Jackson State. Um, Obviously, Jackson State, uh, if you're not familiar, located in Jackson, Mississippi, 
they had a tremendous uh, season leading up to this bowl game. Uh, they went 11 and one. Uh, their coach uh, by, by a guy by the name of Deion Sanders, you may or may not have heard of him. <laughs> uh, some people call him Coach Prime. Um, Deion Sanders uh, in his first year there went uh, 11 and one. And not only did he bring a lot of fanfare and publicity to the school, but he also brought a lot of money. Uh, Jackson State, I think, was one of the biggest. They had one of the highest attended uh, attendance uh, for their home football games in the country. I think they were averaging somewhere around uh, 40 plus thousand uh, for their home games, which is saying a lot. Um like I said, they had a tremendous year. Deion Sanders was named coach of the year. Uh, their quarterback was the freshman of the year, a kid by the name of Shadua Sanders, who happens to be Deion's son. Uh, he also won the FCS Jerry Rice Award. Um, so this team came in flying high. They went undefeated in the SWAC conference. Uh, you know, they were nationally ranked. Um you know, everything was about this team and rightfully so, because they had a lot of fanfare coming into it, into the game. Uh, conversely, on the other side, my alma mater, South Carolina State, um, you know, didn't have as great as great a season as Jackson State, just to put it bluntly. Um, now, South Carolina State did win the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference, the MEAC, Um uh, they went undefeated in the MEAC. They swept all the teams. They went 5-0 and in the MEAC. Uh, they had a 6-5 and record compared to Jackson State's 11-1 and record. Um, but, you know, uh, heralded program, uh, one of the pillars in black college football. Uh, you know, South Carolina State's football team was led by head coach Oliver Buddy Pugh. Um, Buddy Pugh is a guy who's won eight MEAC titles. Uh, he's been coaching at the school for 20 years. Uh, doesn't necessarily have the fanfare as Coach Prime, but, you know, I mean, it's whatever. Uh, but he's a winner. Um, and so naturally, uh, as the game was being built up, there was a lot of um, talk about Jackson State. And just two days before the game was to kick off, uh, Jackson State pulled off, if you will, a coup um, by signing a kid by the name of Travis Hunter. Now, Travis Hunter is going to play for Jackson State next fall, but it was he made huge news because Travis Hunter uh, out of Collins Hill High School, right out right here in uh, Metro Atlanta, um, this kid by most prognosticators was ranked the number one player in the country. And he had verbally committed to go to Florida state and he decided not to and said, Hey, I'm going to Jackson state. And so this was huge. This made national news all over ESPN because normally the best ranked player does not go to an HBCU. Uh, they did at one point in time, uh, back when black players couldn't go to white schools, but that's a whole nother subject for a whole nother day. I promise I will have a podcast about that. Um, nonetheless, 
the news of Travis Hunter going to Jackson or committing to go to Jackson State dominated the headlines, dominated the sports headlines. And so it was almost like this was a swell, a tidal wave, if you will, for Jackson State. They had, you know, ranked team. They had, you know, primetime coach, a celebrity coach. They had all of these awards and accolades. They had one of the best records in the country. And they just signed a kid who will be coming there next year uh, and had people, you know, flustered. And, you know, to top it off, the kid, Travis Hunter, he committed to go to uh, Florida State, which is the school where Deion Sanders went to school. So Deion, you know, in essence, (laughs) stole this kid from his alma mater. But all of the fanfare was, you know, towards Jackson State. Um, but obviously you have to play the game, right? So (laughs) the, the celebration bowl is, you know, like I said, it is the, it was deemed and heralded as the, uh, black college national championship and rightfully so, because it is a game that, uh, that has been in existence for the past six years, but, uh, Many, 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 many years ago, <laughs> back in 1994, uh, your boy, 12 Kyle, played in a game similar. Uh, it was called the Heritage Bowl, and we, be- we, de- we beat um, Grambling State University uh, from the SWAC as well uh, to win the Black College National Championship. Well, this is a different version of the Heritage Bowl, but the Centennial Bowl is, uh, you know, very uh, really something very special. Uh, just to give you a brief synopsis of it i'll read to you what uh award-winning columnist uh bill roden wrote about the celebration bowl he said from the very beginning what i've loved about the celebration bowl is the self-defining moment uh, and the statements it makes about the efficacy of black college football this was our game our championship we determined the that we determine the terms of our success. We assign value with so many black athletes playing at primarily white institutions, AKA PWIs black college football was defined by outsiders as less than an inferior product with little entertainment value before the creation of the celebration bowl, black colleges had to wait to be deemed fit to be invited to the NCAA, NCAA Division I AA playoffs. In the 43-year history of those playoffs, the selection process favored teams from the conferences outside of the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference and outside of the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Routinely, they were uh, examples of multiple teams from PWI conferences being invited to participate with worse records than teams from the MEAC and the SWAC. When HBCU teams finally did get an invite, the expenses were significant and the results were lousy and usually a first round loss. Close quote. Um, Let's just give you some background on the game itself, the Celebration Bowl. And it is indeed a celebration. And there was a lot leading up to this game because um, because of the teams, uh, because of the huge alumni bases. And I'll, I'll be honest, both Jackson State and South Carolina State have huge alumni bases uh, in Metro Atlanta, uh, not to mention that, you know, you're going to have a game on national TV. So the game actually was a sellout. 
48,653 um, tickets were sold for this game. Now, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium actually seats more, but they only sold the tickets for the first two levels. Um, I'm willing to bet that next year <laughs> the Mercedes-Benz Stadium is going to open all the seats and you will have a 70,000 uh, you have 70,000 people in the stands because that's how much the stadium holds. But that's beside the point. But I just wanted to give you some background before I broke down the game and actually what happened. Um, but it's the Celebration Bowl. And again, it's the Black College Super Bowl. And who wouldn't want to play in front of the world? There was no other game on at that particular time on Saturday afternoon at 12 noon. So you had the stage. You had the world watching. Were you going to put on a show? Of course you would. Um, now to the game. Uh, <laughs> leading up to the game, I told people that, you know, what I thought about our chances. I told people, I said, hey, look, I saw Jackson State. I saw him up close and personal. Uh, the reason why I saw him up close and personal is because our oldest son, Dion, uh, went to and just graduated from Alabama A&M University. He was in band. And so we went up to Alabama A&M this year for their homecoming, and lo and behold, they were playing against Jackson State. Now, normally you will schedule a team for your homecoming that you can beat. So Jackson State, I guess, was a little ticked off that they were <laughs> selected to be at Alabama State, Alabama, excuse me, Alabama A&M's homecoming. And there was a little trash talking going back and forth between some players and the coaches and stuff. And Jackson State proceeded to beat down Alabama A&M 61 to 15. Yeah. At homecoming. So I'd seen them before and I knew that they were loaded, but I told people, I said, hey, look, if we play our game, if we play mistake free football, if we don't have a bunch of turnovers and a bunch of penalties like we've had in some of our games this year we have a legitimate shot at winning in this game because one thing we do well and we've always done well and what we're known for is our defense. Um, but I knew if we played our game, we'd have a shot. And I told everybody that. Um, honestly, I, I, I think one of the things that I realized probably by the time the game started is that I, I forgot how intense I can be as a fan watching my alma mater play football. Uh, obviously, I went to our homecoming game this year, but our homecoming game, again, like I said earlier, you schedule teams that you know you're going to beat, so we scheduled Morgan State. The game wasn't even close, so I was cool watching, you know, homecoming uh, this year. But, you know, this game was different, so I knew, like, I'll, I'll be honest, my stomach was kind of in knots. I was, you know, really, really tense. Um, and and I'm not playing it down. <laughs> I'm just an old alum, an old football player. And um, it was interesting because we, my wife and I, my wife, Sharice, is an alum as well. That's where we met uh, at South Carolina State University. And so we went to the game. We went down to, to meet our friends, the tailgate. And um, we get to the tailgate, we start eating. And, you know, it's an early kickoff, so you got to get there early. And, um, you know, we're getting ready to walk into the game and it starts raining. And so, that's like, I'm like, okay, here we go. So now I'm getting wet. And uh, 
the one thing that I remember about that was when it started raining, I was like, okay, this is, this is cool. This is cool. It's, you know, any other time I probably would, you know, be a little bit uh, unnerved, but I was, I, I felt cool. I just wanted to get inside the stadium. And if you're not familiar, Mercedes-Benz Stadium is a dome. So it's not like, you know, we're going to get wet once we got inside. But I wanted to get inside and at least see the team before they hit the field. Because I like to, you know, kind of pay attention to body language to to players before the game starts. And um, once we got in, we got in the stadium probably about 15 minutes before the game started. And I saw South Carolina State players just kind of bouncing around. And everybody had like this little bounce about themselves. Like they really weren't afraid of the moment they weren't afraid of jackson state um because there was a lot of things being said uh you know in the weeks and you know a couple of weeks leading up to the game i mean there were a few players on jackson state's team who actually said that they were going to put up 40 points on us um uh, one of their i think their athletic director said they were going to mop us up um (laughs) I found all that to be comical because here's the thing. And I've always said this, even when I played football back in the day, you can't win a game by talking. There's never been one game that ever been won by talking. You know, can you talk and intimidate people? You can get people out of their game, but you know, talking, I tell people all the time, talking doesn't mean anything. Once you step inside those white lines, once you step inside those white lines, you have to be better than me every single play. Because I'm going to come at you every single play. And I'm going to keep coming at you every single play until the whistle blows, until the game is over. So I never, even when I played, I never got into trash talking and stuff like that. Because one, I respect my opponent. But also, talking doesn't do anything. It doesn't rattle me. It doesn't bother me. I never talk to an opponent. Because I'm not there for the talking. I'm there to play. And so for players to say stuff like that and then the media coverage was already slanted towards jackson state and again i kind of get it but at the same time they really it was slanted so bad that they really made it sound like jackson state was just going to show up and just you know roll the ball out there and they were just going to roll all over us so i was interested to see our body language and once i got in the game i was able to see that and i my my nerves were a little bit more relaxed once I saw the team. Um, this game, uh, according to Vegas, <laughs> Jackson State was favored by ten points, and I think I saw earlier in the week there was they were favored by fourteen points, which is a lot. And I'm not going to get into point spreads and all this stuff like that, but just to keep it, you know, simple for you know you know, people who don't really follow football like that they were the overwhelming favorite to win the game. I'll just put it like that. Um, and again, you know, they're coming in 11 to one record and all this stuff like that. And I heard people say, Oh, South Carolina state, they barely scraped enough to get a winning record, you know, cause I mean, we were six and five. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, but if you look at our six and five record, you have to look at some of the teams we played. I mean, we played Clemson, we played New Mexico state. We lost to both, but we played them you know, pretty tough. And, you know, I didn't see, I don't, I don't see Clemson on Jackson State's, you know, excuse me, on their schedule. And I think at the time we played Clemson, I think they were the number five team in the country. So, I mean, hey, it is what it is. Um, Nonetheless, you know, we settle in, I'm dried off. 
and the game starts. Now, we got off to a slow start, right? Um, we didn't get off to the start that I would have liked for us to have gotten off to. Um, but in true Bulldog fashion, you know, we bounced back. Uh, Jackson State scored first, right? And then uh, I want to say, and this is in the first quarter, by the time we get to the second quarter, we get our first touchdown. Uh, the quarterback, Corey Fields, finds uh, Shaq Davis for a six-yard touchdown. A little mixed up. Fields, touchdown, Davis. Oh, did he do the prime? Did he, he do the prime step? He hit the prime after the touchdown, and it's hammer time. <laughs> and then after that, uh, we kick a field goal. Well, actually, let me go back. Um, we forced a fumble. Uh, guy hit Shadour Sanders, the quarterback. He fumbled the ball. We got the ball at like the five-yard line, uh, five or six-yard line, and we and then we scored. Um, and then we kicked a field goal. And at this time, the score is 10 to 7, and we are winning, and we go into halftime 10 to 7. And the thing that I wanted to do was I wanted to pay attention to our body language and how we reacted as we were leaving the field. And I'll be honest, (laughs) they were so hyped up when they were leaving the field. They were jumping up. They were motioning to the crowd to get louder because let me in on, let me let you in on a little secret as well. Uh, Jackson State brought damn near all of Mississippi <laughs> to that game. Uh, again, it said it was forty eight thousand fans in the stands. If they have, if it was forty eight thousand, we probably they probably outnumbered us. Um, I probably say it was probably about sixty forty. Um, Jackson State had more fans than we did. 60% for them, 40% for, for us. Um, but we still were hyped up. And and I just, I, I remember just watching the kids come off the field and they were so amped up. And you normally don't see that, but I think they realized the moment and they realized that, hey, you know, we're ahead, but we're not done yet. And and that, I think that was very impressive. They, they were, you know, really, really focused um, and ready to play. And of course you had the halftime show. Um, the halftime show, the bands come out, uh, of course, for the bands, the, the, for South Carolina state, it was a marching one Oh one. Uh, and for Jackson state, it was the sonic boom of the South. Both bands did very well. I was very impressed. My first time seeing, uh, the sonic boom ever, uh, their name is well-deserved. And of course <laughs> the marching one one did their thing. Um, and by this time, I'm not going to the bathroom and I'm not doing it. I didn't want any concessions. I just wanted to just chill. And because I knew the second half was going to be, you know, very key. And I told my wife, I said, you know, what's going to be interesting is how we come out in the second half. Well, we get the ball and we drive the ball down the field and we score a touchdown. Uh, Corey Fields, the quarterback, hits Shaq Davis 
for a score and we go up 17 to 7. Fields into the end zone. Shaq got his back. Touchdown Bulldogs. And then by this time, you can feel the momentum kind of shifting. We force a turnover. We get the ball back uh, again in the third quarter. Uh, Corey Fields, the quarterback, hits Richard Bailey for a touchdown to put us up 24-7. to seven. So we are rolling. From the 15, Fields, touchdown, Bulldogs. Bailey with the bite. And Fields has found his rhythm. And by this time, you could start to see the frustration building up with Jackson State. Uh, Shadua Sanders, their quarterback, was being flustered. We were knocking him around. We were throwing guys around. Um, This is the part of the game where what we used to call in my day, exerting your will on people. Because at this point, now you got them, you got them down, but now you got to kill a fly with a sledgehammer. You just got to put it, you, you got to drive them in, in the dirt and, and put the nail in the coffin. And I'm starting to see Jackson State players getting mad and frustrated. There were a couple of plays where, you know, they were shoving guys after the plays and stuff like that was over, um, getting real chippy. And in the in in the first half, the quarterback from South Carolina State, Corey Fields, he didn't play that well. Um, and one of my boys texted me at the game while I was at the game, and he said, "Hey man, what's up with your quarterback?" And I said, "Well, I said, hey, I said he's young. I said he's a good kid. I said, but sometimes I said if he's not, you know, on his game, I said he he's off. I was like, he's either off or he's on. I was like, there's really no in between. I was like, but if he gets on, I said we're gonna be okay." And lo and behold, the first quarter, he was just off. And I don't know if it's it's rust because you have to keep in mind that we, South Carolina State, had not played since, I want to say, right before Thanksgiving. And Jackson State had their uh, conference tournament, conference, excuse me, not conference tournament, conference championship game uh, just two weeks ago. So they had at least played since um you know, a little bit shorter time since we had played. Uh, but the quarterback, Corey Fields, got back on track, and the second half was his. He was making great throws. Um, and the 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 fourth uh, touchdown he threw was, again, to Shaq Davis, who had three touchdowns. He had uh, what, five catches for 95 yards and three touchdowns. Um, but Shaq caught a 16-yard pass, and he jumps over the defensive back, uh, and I mean, it, it was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Second half. It's been Walker and Anthony double move, mostly fields into the end zone. A shock attack back again. Touchdown. And that gave us the lead of 31 to 10. Um, by this time, Jackson state realizes it's the fourth quarter It's six minutes to go. We're down <laughs> 21 points. Now, this is a team that some guys on their team said, okay, yeah, we're going to put up 40 on y'all. Y'all not going to score 21 points. Uh, 
But what happened was we forced three turnovers and we took those turnovers and we turned those turnovers into 21 points, which is what good teams do. You take advantage of the opportunities that you give us. And, you know, we didn't make a lot of stupid. We made some mistakes because, you know, there was an intercept. We, th- we did throw an interception and there was a fumble. But, you know, they didn't turn it into points. Um, and we held our own. And by this time, Jackson State can't believe it. Their fans are destroyed. And you can look across Mercedes-Benz Stadium and just see it. Meanwhile, on the South Carolina State side, it was a full-blown party. It was at that time that I lost my voice. (laughs) The DJ played swag and surf. And oh my gosh, you would have thought it was a tidal wave in that that place. (laughs) Nothing is more blacker than seeing 40,000 people swag surfing. Um, but it was great. It, it, it was, it was beautiful. It was, uh, it was the culmination of, you know, the hard work. Um, I, I gotta say and send a big shout out to all of the players, big shout out to, uh, Shaq Davis, who was the offensive MVP. Um, Kobe Durant was the defensive MVP. Uh, he had a great year this year. Um, and a shout out to the whole team because they played, they stuck together. They had some adversity at the beginning of the game, um, but they stuck with it. And, and an even bigger shout out to uh, Coach Buddy Pugh, um, you know, who is a now a national champion, black college national champion. And, you know, he's had his detractors, uh, including me. <laughs> but the thing is, is that he persevered. And, you know, I don't think you coach as long as he's coached and, and, and not, you know, have some bumps in the road, but, you know, stick with it. And, and I think that, you know, shuts people like me up. Um, but I got to give him his props because he, he definitely, he came into this game being overshadowed by, you know, Deion Sanders and he really outcoached Deion. I mean, and Deion Sanders in the post game press conference was very complimentary of South Carolina state. He said that, you know, we had a great team and, you know, they just flat out just beat him. And, and, Honestly, we beat Jackson State. The score really wasn't indicative of how bad they were beaten. Like, we literally threw them down a flight of stairs. <laughs> um, but it, 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 was, it was beautiful, man. It, it, was, it was great to see. And I think overall, uh, it was a great move and a great win, obviously, for our program. Um because you can't take anything away from South Carolina state. I mean, again, they came into the game, you know, being huge underdogs uh, and, you know, nobody, nobody never gave us a chance really. And sometimes that's when you can play your best ball when you're not given a chance or, uh, you know, people count you out. Um, But at the end of the day, you know, for some, that's what you want them to do. You want them to count you out. You want them to, not think that you're capable of doing what it is that you can do. Uh, I read a lot of uh, publications saying that South Carolina State pulled off the upset. Um, I'm not really sure about the word upset. The reason being is that um, upset kind of gives the connotation that it wasn't supposed to happen. Well, it was. In our minds, it was supposed to happen. 
Because here's the thing. We play different. We play a different kind of football in the MEAC. Um, I'll let you in on a little secret. <laughs> the Celebration Bowl, this was the sixth annual Celebration Bowl. And the MEAC has won five of the six games. And the one game that they lost, if I'm not mistaken, they lost by a point. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't I don't know what you want me to tell y'all about the swag. Got a lot of love for the swag, got a lot of respect. But the MEAC has run the swag. And more importantly, South Carolina State kicked the crap out of Jackson State. Again, the final score was 31 to 10, but honestly, it really wasn't that close. It really wasn't. And if we're being honest, and if you watch the game, South Carolina State probably could have scored another 14 points. They had a couple of touchdowns that they could have had. So, I mean, like, it wasn't close. It, it, I, I guess I probably would call it, up, call it an upset if we won on a last-second field goal or a trick play or something like that. Then maybe. But one of the things that I used to always say when I played football in college was, when you step on the field, you want to remove all doubt. And that's exactly what we did. We removed all doubt. I, we, we came into the game. We didn't care about any records, anything. And I, and I tip my hat to these kids that lined up and played, you know, and put on the garnet and blue and rep, represented our school to the fullest because they didn't care about any of that stuff. They didn't care about what people were saying on social media they didn't care about being underdogs. They didn't care about anything. You know, there were players, like I said, from Jackson State who were just mouthing off, oh, we're going to mop up, you know, floor with them, whatever, whatever. Again, you can talk all you want. <laughs> Talking to never win your football game. Um, My final thoughts are, you know, I, I can't really express the level of pride that I have. I mean, maybe you can hear it in this podcast. Um, and the level of pride that I saw in my fellow alums uh, who tore down the city of Atlanta this past weekend um, safely, you know, in these COVID streets. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was beautiful. It was beautiful, and like I said, I, I lost my voice. I was just yelling. I could, I you could hear me talk, but you probably couldn't barely understand what I was saying. Like my voice is gone. Um. And I really wanted to record this podcast <laughs> Sunday night, but I just, I couldn't, my boy, I, I would have sounded like Randy Savage, but um, the level of pride is there. Uh, it, it always is. If you know me, anybody that knows me knows how proud I am of my school and what I accomplished while I was there and just how proud I am, period. I carry that. I'm a bulldog. I'm, you cut me, I bleed garnet and blue all day long um just like anybody else from any other hbcu and i know jackson state has a huge alumni base and, and they came and they showed up and showed out in atlanta and to be honest if you look at you know some of these rosters on both teams with you know the players that are coming in next year and you know the players that are coming back because relatively speaking we have a very young team uh south carolina state i think started 14 or 15 freshmen this year. So it's mostly a team of mostly freshmen and sophomores. A few juniors sprinkled in here. But, you know, for the most part, we're going to have the same team back. Now, you know, granted, 
football doesn't work in a in a world where you just pick up where you left off. You got to start all over. You got to train and everything like that. And, you know, you got to get some breaks and hopefully, you know, God willing, you'll be back next year. But there's a good chance that we could see these two teams again, run it back next year uh, in the celebration bowl. And I would not be mad if it happened. Uh, it would be an, another homecoming for us because uh, if a game is in Atlanta, <laughs> the Bulldog nation is going to travel and we're going to be deep. And I, I could foresee this game being played again next year in front of 70,000 people. I really could. Um, one thing my wife said that, you know, really stood out to me and I hadn't really thought about it, but I remember that feeling. Um, she mentioned standing in the crowd and hearing the alma mater being played while confetti was falling on the field as the players had assembled on the podium and the presentation trophy, the, the, the trophy presentation was going on. And, um, you know, we got our championship trophy and the offensive and defensive MVPs were being named. But just to hear and sing our alma mater, um, it, you, you can't really put into words how that feels uh, with the confetti falling. Uh, not everybody can be a champion. Um, not everybody can, you know, is willing to put in the work and the dedication that it's going to take to get you to the to get you to the championship level just just getting there is a lot and so i again while i am boastfully gloating in, in this podcast i do want I, I would be remiss if i did not tip my cap to jackson state because they had a phenomenal season but they're not the champs so that's it <laughs> but um like i said there was a level uh, uh, an even bigger level of pride for me and, and all of my alums and it was great seeing everybody it was so many people in the city this past weekend it's a bunch of people i didn't see um i had teammates here that i talked to them all the time and we said we we're gonna get together i didn't even see them this weekend i mean it was just that crazy and so many things going on and, and after the game was bananas uh we didn't even stay at home we stayed in a hotel um but yeah it, it's just a level of pride um I got a chance to see and spend some time with my coach, uh, Willie Jeffries. Look him up, living legend. Uh, coach, yeah, I think it's 82 years old. Uh, he still got jokes. <laughs> if you follow the podcast, you heard me dedicate a podcast to him. Um, he uh, he still got jokes. He still, he, man, he was sitting there telling us stories about, we, we met up for dinner, uh, Coach Jeffries and my uncle, Harry Carson, uh, who's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, got a chance to see him and spend some time with him. And, um, yeah, it, it was good just sitting there listening to those guys share stories. Like Coach Jay was telling us about this story, about this game in 1975. And to be 82 years old and remember everything that happened in 1975 in a game, you know, on a random October and Saturday in October is, is amazing. I, I hope and pray that when I'm 82 years old, I, I'll have that kind of memory. But um, – you know, seeing Coach Jay and spending some time with him uh, was dope. Uh, again, seeing some of my teammates, some of my friends, uh, fellow alums was was incredible. Um, and like like my wife said, just hearing the alma mater being played and watching that confetti fall on the field was just it's priceless. You can't put a price on it. Um, and so I, I 
once I was able to gather my thoughts <laughs> and my emotions because I couldn't put it in, in into an Instagram video. Um, I wrote the following on my social media pages uh, because Jackson State has this saying, um, and you can see it on a lot of their paraphernalia. It says, I believe. And it's about their belief in themselves. And even Coach Deion Sanders had a hat on that said, I believe. So that's, you know, that's been their saying all year. I don't I'm assuming that it's something that they've, a slogan that they've phrased, probably coined the phrase uh, probably for a while now. I'm not really up on their stuff. But anyway, it's I believe. And so, you know, a lot of talk was about, I believe they're going to win. I believe they're going to do this. I believe they're going to do that, whatever the case may be. So I decided to, <laughs> in typical 12 Kyle fashion, uh, write the following post. Quote, I believe they thought that we were just going to show up. I believe they thought this was supposed to be Jackson State's coronation to their season. I believe they wonder why the team with six wins made it to the championship game. I believe they believed in their celebrity coach. I believe they didn't think we'd come to play today. I believe the better team won because they scored more points. I believe we are the best black college football team in America. I believe in the Bulldogs from South Carolina State University. Close quote. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for me. Thank you for checking out this edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. I'll catch you guys next time. Five G's.